What is up, Doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show, where we discuss a team whose summer league star player has short shorts, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is July 10th, 2016. I am going to keep this intro brief. For this show, I had Scott Jackson, an actual radio professional, a sports host here in the DMV for 980, join me for a lengthy discussion about this basketball team, the Wizards free agency moves, Kevin Durant to Golden State, how fans are reacting to all the things that's been going on in Wizards land. There is a sponsor of the show. It is Sneakis, S-N-E-K-I-S dot com, DC DMV Sports Apparel. At checkout, use Pixel Roll for a 10% discount. Help support this Wizards Independent Media. Now, next up is my discussion with Scott Jackson. Enjoy. All right. With me today on the show, finally, a, a true professional, unlike this fledgling operational that, uh, that I run here on the Pixel Roll Show, uh, a local sports radio host at 980 uh, here in the DMV, uh, Mr. Scott Jackson. Scott, how are you, man? Good. How you doing, Adam? Doing well. There's a lot going on here in the basketball. I know the 4th of July weekend, with July 1st being the beginning of the free agency, it was kind of crazy over the weekend. Nuts, actually, to be expected. Just your thoughts on just, before we go into the Wizards stuff, just the whole NBA free agency, what's been going on over the last couple of days, I mean, a week now, with you know, especially with Dwayne Wade news last night. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we knew there was going to be a lot of money to spend, and a lot of teams had money. And it was fast and furious, and it was crazy, and I know it was insulting for some people. You know, it, it's just a really strange, like, time we're in. And now that you see the market corrections already started, you know, the NBA saying that the cap's not going to be as big as everybody thinks next year, potentially, that report leaked out today via Brian Winhor. So, you know, we're probably in for some late year soon, which is disappointing. But, you know, the, the, the big headlines, obviously, the, the Durant thing, uh, from the from the you know purely selfish standpoint, the Wizards never got a room with him. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it stinks that they didn't at least get a meeting with him, but at the same time, I mean, if you don't get him, you don't get him. So I don't know if there's really any consolation to say, oh, we had a meeting with Durant, we didn't get him, you know, kind of like the Clippers and the Celtics and some of these other teams that went through that, that whole process. But I'm sure the, the Thunder would have rather known earlier than later. And, you know, the, the Dwayne Wade thing's pretty shocking, and it, and it comes off as, um, you know, two people in, in Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley that just let let it get personal. You know, Pat Riley, I think, still simmered a little bit that, you know, Dwayne Wade's still been buddies with LeBron and fan of the fact that, about that. And, I, and obviously he was not – getting any cooperation from Dwayne Wade in their pursuit, which is really a fruitless effort, and trying to get KD. You know, there's no help there at all from from uh, from uh, Wade, and Wade feels like the, the heat owe him. And, you know, after we went through this whole Kobe thing where the Lakers were kind of left hanging out to dry with nothing to show for the end of his career, uh, you know, I don't blame Pat Riley for also wanting to give up on a guy a little bit earlier than he, you know, than potentially to in Dwayne Wade. I still think it's some good years in front of him. So, I mean, I can see both sides of it. It's still kind of sad to see it go down that way and shocking, but... You know, I'm just curious to see what the Heat's next move is, you know, as much as anything. If, if they're waiting it out next year, or are, are they going to be like a Russell Westbrook sweepstakes? There is such a thing here before the season starts. Or do they just basically suck it up and, you know, stink for a year and get part of that 2017 draft and then have a lot of money to spend? What was your reaction to the Kevin Durant news? I mean, I kind of got myself ready for the fact that it was going to be – I mean, this Golden State thing was real. And I know a lot of people accused um, – you know, Adrian Wojnarowski had maybe putting clickbait out there, and you know, because it was early in his website. But I never felt like he's one of those guys that does stuff for for clicks or for attention or for followers. He's been pretty solid. I mean, as solid as they come in terms of breaking news here for 
The Woj bomb's been accurate, pretty much. I mean, he knows the draft yeah. before anyone. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. He nails the draft every year before everybody. Uh, he has, you know, basically when he got, you know, he puts a stamp on it, it's like, you know, it's done. So <clears throat> I didn't want to, I wasn't discounting that for a while. And, and th- obviously Kevin Durant's changed. I think Royce Young did a good job pointing that out in the ESPN.com story. And look, it happens. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think he put out some some messages here a few months ago that a lot of us didn't want to listen to at the time. That clearly, you know, it, it come to him. You know, he'd come to the conclusion that coming home at more more cons and pros, that wasn't going to happen. Certainly, the state of the team here didn't help going on there either. And I just think he just he just really got in love with this idea of playing the beautiful brand of basketball the Warriors played. And you know, I, I thought maybe the way the season. And ended, he would he would give Oklahoma City another shot, a one and one like everybody had talked about doing, but it you know it didn't happen. And now you're hearing all the stuff about, you know, although him and Russell Westbrook are really tight, maybe he was very frustrated over the years of playing with them and uh, it, it's interesting. And I, I hope the guy and I'm I'm not not to sound like Scott Brooks here, Adam, but I kinda feel the same way. Hey, if he's happy, you know, hey, I guess I'm happy for him too. But you know, at the same time and I'm not mad he's going to Golden State. I just think it's kinda it just seems like a the easier way out, if you will, to, to go that route. Yeah, yeah. It's I have like two two different thoughts. It, it's one. It's it's like you've earned this right as an employee, right? Sure. I mean, I, right. I mean like you've been dictated who yeah. you want to play for, and now you finally have your choice, and you've made a decision what you think's best for your career and your family going forward. So I respect that in a way. It's it's kind of weird that sometimes we moralize. Sports, like who do people yeah. want to play for? And and I understand it. I do the same thing. We're emotional. Fans are definitely emotional. We're human beings. But on the other sense, it's also like, yo, dude, you went to the champs, right? Like you were up three to yeah. one and you had them ready to beat <laughs> and you went to them. And I'm like, right. it's kind of a puss move to do, you know? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And then, and then the other part of it is here's the guy who was so loud about LeBron James doing what he did five years ago now. Yes. You know, like, hey, you know, I guess we're all just going to join teams. And, and he was that guy, you know. And, he, and then he was the guy who talked about how the process with everybody means more than just winning championships and or, or more than anything, you know. He didn't, and, of course, you want to win championships and all the things he said to Sports Illustrated. It just seems like there's been, like, this this big personality change. And we all change our minds into life. But it's it's been from month to month. It's not even from like a five year process. It's like really within this last year, we've just heard so many different things, and it's it's been kind of strange. And he's trying to be the bad guy with the media, sure he's comfortable with after being kind of the everybody's favorite guy. And I don't know. It's, it's a lot of interesting things going on. I just will say this, Adam. I would not be shocked, and I've said this on the radio show already. If we get here in like four years, say they hang up a couple championships there in Golden, if he did LeBron and said, you know what, I'm going to go home. back to okay, <laughs> you know, I feel like I need to go back there. You know, I just it wouldn't shock me because it just I don't know. It just the more you read about it here, about it, that maybe this really wasn't always his his real idea, but it was kind of put upon him by others, and he's just bought into it. I don't know. What what has been the fallout for fan reaction of Kevin Durant picking Golden State? From your show, um, I, there is a guys which I guess I put myself in that category that just kind of feel like you know so uh, a little soft. And there is the other say, you know what, you know why not? I want to see the super team, so to speak. I, w- I want to see you know if it works. I think it could be really great for basketball. You know, it brings more attention to the game. And I'm okay with it. And, you know, it's his right. Of course, like nobody's saying it's not his right. 
course it is. Just like it's my right or your right or anybody else's right to think it stinks. <laughs> and it might be bad for the NBA, but, you know, only time will tell. I think it brings in a lot of fans from that are not really hardcore NBA fans that just want to, you know, like sports fans that are in the curiosity factor. But there is, to me, a, a real feel of despair in terms of, like, if you look at it right now, I mean, who are the real contenders in the NBA? I mean, Cleveland, obviously, they're the champs. And Golden State, I mean, they've wrecked Oklahoma City. Um, you know, I guess it depends if you believe in the Clippers or not, if you're going to count them as a real contender. Spurs are not sure. Old, right? right, right. I think San Antonio's gotten a lot older, um, and, you know, they, they haven't addressed some of the bigger problems, which is they, they can't guard uh, really athletic points. You know, and Tony Parker's not getting any younger. Uh, you know, and, they, and then they're dead. You know, they've, they've lost pieces there. So, I don't know. I mean, I just don't see anybody else really rising up in the East right now. I mean, this whole thing's interesting. I don't know if it really makes it better necessarily to a high level. Uh, but I guess, you know, there's a chip that could be played with, with Westbrook. But will that really change the world? I have no idea. It's, it's just really strange. Um, yeah, no, in the sense that, you know, going back to you know, the whole odd decision of Kevin Durant being up 3-1, you know, and they're yeah. a couple of Clay Thompson shots away in game six of beating them yeah. and arguably beating the Cavs and winning the title, which the whole narrative will change. And then for him to just right. go to the champ, or go to the, not the champs, they lost to Cleveland, but, you know, to yeah, go right. to Golden State to, to, to be like, okay, dude, you almost beat those guys and now you join them. And that's what Markeith Morris said last night when he was interviewed. Kyle, Mr. Tooth about it, we well, yeah. asked him that question. He goes, he just shook his head, wouldn't say anything, kind of mumbled. And they gave this quote and Kyle had it up. I think it was picked on a lot of blogs and he, Basically, just like yeah, it, it just ain't right. <laughs> you know, he just yeah. like shook his head. He was yeah. just like, it just ain't right. And it was kind of the mood, I think, of a lot of fans and maybe the sentiment of a lot of players. Yeah, I, I believe that too. And I, and I felt the same way, you know, and it's just like, it's not right. You know, it just doesn't seem right. And, and, and look, well, LeBron, here's the thing too about what's different. Look, LeBron's execution was terrible. Okay. That's yes. what got him with the decision was the execution of it was really awful. I'm like, there was a genuine friendship between those three guys, right? I mean, they were really good friends. I don't get this sense and maybe I'm missing it or maybe I, I've I've been sleeping on it, but are Curry and Draymond Green and uh, Clay Thompson really tight with 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 KD? I don't know. I mean, I guess we're about to find out how tight they're gonna be. It sure seems to me it wasn't that long ago where KD was trying to get you know was calling Draymond a dirty player and trying to get him out of that series. Yes, you know, and it's just kind of weird. Um, and again, Michael Jordan, you know, he, he did a great job of talking about this uh, the other day. Because here's a guy who's an owner, so he can't really, you know, dog all the players today and call them, you know, uncompetitive or, or, or not as competitive as your day. But, you know, he said, look, you know, it's a different era. Guys can do things now and, you know, good for the players kind of thing. But he also said, but I, I just couldn't see myself doing that. And he talked about, hey, I was on the dream team. and There's nothing competitive about it. You know, it wasn't fun. You know, he said, I'm a competitive guy. Not everybody is. And it does sting a little bit to me that, like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Durant's just gotten caught up in this whole, you know, world we live in where people, you know, think you're a bum if you don't win a championship. But let's be honest, at the end of the day, Robert Ory's not better than Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing. And nobody yes. who, who ever saw any of those guys play should feel that way. Jail Ryder has a title for the Lakers. Nobody talks about that. Uh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. No, my, my other thing is that you were talking about LeBron. The difference was is the Cavs were dysfunctional. If you remember, right? They're firing yeah. coaches. Right. They couldn't get over the, the hump. I mean, you have Golden State, the best team ever, down 3-1 in the series. Like, you pretty much got mm-hmm. Westbrook and Adams back with some good pieces. 
and you you were right there. That, that's why I feel like it's different. And maybe that's why we all assumed that Kevin Durant would come back then. Right. And then look, and he had a awful, was it the game six where he was like nine of 35 or yes, whatever the heck yeah. it was. I mean, it was just horrendous and, you know, but better game seven. But I mean, it really appeared that he got, you know, he, he got caught up in the moment, you know, mentally. And, and they uh, stopped, and they stopped the Spurs just, out too. I forgot that part. They still, they killed the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And they, they, they demolished the Spurs. So really the only hurdle for them. You know, the Warriors, who are going to be weakened, you know, a little bit anyway, by a lot, by a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, just from being from going through that impact, that long year, and the two long years in a row, you know, the, the record-setting season that really doesn't mean a whole lot. So, I don't know. They do whatever you want. It's just, Scott Brooks is make if he's happy, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm just not convinced that, you know, he's totally sold on it. I heard what he said today about the organic, authentic vibe and all that stuff, and that's all good. And now, you know, Steve Kerr, it becomes a tough job for him. He's got to really make this all work and, um, you know, make all these guys happy and get them all to buy in. It'll be interesting. I mean, Eric Spolstra, you know, people pick on him a lot. I'm a big fan of Eric Spolstra. So I knew him before he was anybody. Uh, back when he was sitting courtside and below the baseline of Horizon Center with guys like me, uh, back when they let the media sit down there that were, uh, you know, he saw, I saw this guy was a grinder, worked his way up and really knew what he was talking about and what he was doing. But, you know, one of the great things he did was really to get those guys to buy in. And people used to always try to read every LeBron, you know, body language. He was distanced, bolstering this and that. But Spolstra, you know, to he held those guys together and get them to play together, you know, for all those years, for four titles in four years. Uh, you know, the guy deserves a hell of a lot of credit. We'll see if Steve Kerr can do the same thing now for uh, for the Warriors. What has been, you know, this is a Wizards podcast. Uh, what sure. The KD to DC, the hashtag, the movement. I, I don't know if I'd really call it a movement. I have talked about it a million times in the show. I, I didn't chase the pixels as much as maybe some of my other friends, uh, a.k.a. Jake Whitaker of Bolts Forever. Uh, but, but we also, I, I'm a basketball fan. I like the Wizards. Why the hell do I not want the best basketball players in the world to come back here? I've interviewed Kevin Durant here. Right. I've seen how people have acted in the community. I've talked to him personally about like stuff in D.C., which I was like, all right, dude, this guy actually is like legit about D.C. Like he's not just one of these posers. Like maybe say Wale, for example, to give somebody to, to give a reference out there. And, like, it, you know, like where it was like he had these roots and these people. Now maybe we just made the media made a lot to do with it, and for natural reasons. But he also was at Redskins games on the sidelines. He also was in Nats uh, gear, yeah. right? He also was rocking. He has a right. curly W tattoo on his on his belly. Like I didn't make that up you know what i mean like it's like he part of his brand was him loving the dmv and loving this home so naturally it would just assume the fans of all these other teams would want him to play for their favorite team and back home i don't think it was so much about lebron stuff as much as how visible his dmv brand part was and then for him not take a meeting which in hindsight probably was the best thing for the wizards but at the time man it was a huge bummer i was really disappointed yeah yeah, I was too, and especially when Brooks got on board, I thought, hey, you know, he'd at least give Brooks, throw Brooks, Brooks a bone. He likes him, you know, he liked him, and when he played for him, and you know, I think that's genuine. I don't think he got him fired like a lot of people suggested, and quite frankly, I mean, the war, the uh, Thunder, they, they looked exactly the same offensively with, with yes. without Brooks. Remember that was a big knock on Brooks. Well, he doesn't know how to run an offense. Well, really, they looked the same way. So Russell Westbrook is the problem. It's not. Not Scott Brooks, not Billy Donovan. They they know how to coach. It's the it's and the Adam, point guard he doesn't listen to. He does whatever hell he wants. And Adams got better for the yeah. Thunder. Let's be honest, too, right? I mean, Adams was insane yeah, right. in those yeah. playoffs. Right, and Adams got better. And, and by the way, he didn't have a full healthy team outside of the the one year where they went to the title. You know, with Harden, and he didn't even get a chance to grow with that team because Presti, you know, got rid of Harden the next year, which wasn't a terrible thing. I mean, frankly, I mean, I don't. 
you know, James Harden's, you know, he's, he's a great offensive player, but that's it. You're not going to win a title if he's your lead guy anyway. I mean, maybe the third guy in OKC, that could have worked, you know, if they would have given it time. I don't know. I just never, you never been a guy committed to playing, you know, both ends of the floor, but that's a whole different story. But yeah, I mean, look, KD, like he fed into this thing in a sense and, he could have he could have thrown cold water on it a lot earlier. I talked to some people about this in the past, and you know he he made some comments to people, you know maybe song in cheek, but yeah he, he he definitely led some people on, you know, over the last few years. Now this past six months, when we got closer to uh, or three months or whatever, we get closer to it. Yeah, it seemed like it was a cooling off process, and there was a little less of the the love fest stuff. But you're right, I mean he's in the Redskin games, and the Nats thing, you know, with Mr. DMZ, and I don't know, maybe uh, maybe as he got closer, you know, he saw the negative parts of it, and you know, I know what John Wall said, and you know, it would have been interesting too for me if the Wizards would have gotten to the point where they got in the room with him, how gung ho Wall would have been, and some of these other guys to sell him, because I, I did get the feeling, and I know you've talked about this before, written about it, is you know, there there was a little bit of a wear down for those guys too. You know, hearing about this all the time and, you know, for the last few years, we're like, hey, by the way, we're here, we're trying to be good. And, you know, we've been the playoffs for a couple straight years here and everybody wants to bring KD in. And it, it wasn't a slight to those guys, but they, I think they were missing was people wanted them to get them over the top. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. They needed one oh, no. oh, have to be one of the top three players, you know? Oh, Scott, there's no, no doubt the Wizards would have played the way they did the last two years and had those strong playoff postseason pushes and maybe gone another step. That that is, that's the best. Uh, recruiting tactic there would have been when you're right. 44, right. 41, 41, fire your coach, fire your trainer. Yeah. Your, your star player has off season knee surgery. Your other player has injury yeah. woes. You're about to, you about, you maxed out. You have issues at the front court here and there. You trade your picks. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you have an unstable, you know, leadership fan base hates the, the management. I don't know how much he knows about that, but. It's like that's a better story yeah. argument than saying because, you know, 50 fans or 100 fans showed up at a game when the Thunder played one night when the, with KD to DC right. gear on, you know. I, I just don't buy into that. Yeah. It's so much of a fan. It seems like a cop-out maybe PR-wise for him to say that whether than the truth be like, I didn't really believe in John Wall. Maybe he doesn't believe in John Wall. Maybe he doesn't believe in Ernie Grunfeld and Ted Leonsis. Maybe there's some other – maybe he doesn't want to play for Scott Brooks anymore. Who knows, right? I just well, felt, well, I just or felt that just maybe he doesn't want to pressure – he doesn't want the pressure to yeah, come at home that, either, right? Right, right. Yeah, I think it was more maybe, I think in the end, to me, from the reading between the lines and the hearing some stuff, you know, from other people around it, is that the hometown almost worked against the Wizards in the end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what got them on the radar at one point, but it also kind of took them off the radar in the yes. end. Because, when bosses get yeah, a meeting. as good of a team. Right? Bosses get a meeting. I didn't see you. Went, that's what set me off on a whole rant. It's another podcast. I went yeah. on for an hour, and I was... I was like, wow, like Boston's getting any meeting? Like, no one on their roster is as good as John Wall. And I just I was confused why that was. And obviously, at the end, it didn't really matter. But what has been the fallout of Kevin Durant not meeting with the Wizards from, from fans that have called into your show or people you've talked to? Right. Like, any? I think there's a lot of people that go, oh, that hurts. That's embarrassing. You know, who, whatever. I had, co I had uh, you know, former uh, GMs, you know, on the show and talk about this and, and uh, you know, coaches. And they're like, yeah, that, that hurts. It looks bad. But. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because only one team is going to walk away. Happy That's from true, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, totally. I mean, when when the smoke clears, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it really does not matter. And and that was a good point. And, and I, I talked to a guy off the record before the three agents started. I mentioned the Celtics thing, kind of like what you were talking about. And he he just, he just laughed. He goes, "Man, this is Danny Ainge stuff. He doesn't mean anything." That's he goes, true. "You know, they got no shot. He says, They're not going to get him." And you know, Danny Ainge likes to you know he, he likes to play to the media and play to his fan base, and it's 
smart and they got, you know, hey, we're Boston, we're the Celtics, you know. That's great, you know, that's terrific, but, you know, to steal Rick Pitino's line, you know, hey, Mikhail and Bernie walking through that door, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, hell, Cage, you know, you know, Garnett's not walking through that door. I mean, seriously, walk, you know what I mean? So, look, if they got a nice pickup at Horford and that would have been a nice consolation of the Wizards being able to get him, but, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's always going to be people say, well, you know, did you use this as another, you know, chip against uh, Ernie and Leonsis, and that's fine. I mean, I can understand that, you know. You know, you know, people, I've had people go as far as to Dan Snyder, we got a meeting with them, you know, like, whatever. I mean, oh, yeah. we have no idea if that's true or not. I mean, who cares? I mean, if you don't get him, you don't get him. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, yeah, they, it's like better five, that they were able to like five girls get a, move on. Five, you know? five, five guys get to talk to the girl and ask her to prom, but only one gets to go to prom, right? <laughs> right. Well, well, remember this. I mean, how, no, I mean, you're on Twitter all the time like I am, but how about the fact that the ridiculous report about how this is some life-changing meeting with the Clippers and Steve Ballmer family oh, cried. I, mean, oh, I was Tom, like, wow, that really Tom got Brady, them far. Tom Brady. Tom- right. They were the first team to tap out the Clippers' work because they were already re-signed Austin Rivers before Katie was getting close to his decision. <laughs> they clearly knew the writing was on the wall. I mean, it's so dumb. <laughs> so all that stuff. And, yeah, Tom Brady. Send in Tom Brady. This guy's a Redskin fan. You're going to roll Tom Brady out in front of him? Yes. That made no sense to me. So, you know, look, it was a big dog and pony show. And, you know, and then reading this stuff after the fact, one of the teams saying, Katie was so disinterested and didn't even ask questions to this one particular team, whoever that was, you know, kind of makes you think, again, he just put this all out there to kind of, you know, kind of fish while he could and be recruited, even though he really had it honed in on the two teams, which were obviously Golden State and, and sticking with the Thunder. So that part of it was strange. It, it, and look, you can't sell people on, hey, the summer of Katie, and then you come back. Your first signing is John Mahaney, you know, <laughs> Mahaney, excuse me. And, uh, you know, after that, you're going, you know, Nicholson, I, I'm sitting there saying to myself, is this the same guy played in Maryland, Drew Nicholas? You know, and I'm like, no, no, it's not. The kid from St. Bonaventure's. You know, usually it was confusion. And Sadarensky was nice, you know, and that's fine. And, you know, they, they got them all, you know, everybody's overpaid. But Mahaney, you know, he, he's the one that jumps out even numbers-wise. But it wasn't, you know, they didn't they didn't overcommit too much. And then getting Trey Burke might end up being a nice little fine for them. He can find new life here. But, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're not going to be – you miss out on Durant. Then the next level's Horford. You miss out on him. And then, you know, obviously there's a huge dip after that. So, yeah, no, they, they've added pieces, yeah, but no, I don't know how much better or if they're better. No, 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 I love Scott. It's almost like you. Do, it's almost like you do this for a living. You do, you've just ran through my my next talking points here on the show. I, I like it. Uh, that's, <laughs> no, this, you're, no, no, you're a lot better guest than usually. I have to you know go through all that, but no, but, <laughs> but going back. So to me, you know, okay, yeah. KD still was like. Come on, not not realistic, right? Like as a Wizards fan, like that right, was right, like yeah. a optimistic, like. Oh yeah, we have. You know, I was disappointed we didn't get a chance to holler, but you know, it was almost in the long run. Like I mentioned, it's going to be a good thing. He didn't tease us. I had fans saying like, "Hey, like it's better off." I had the fans who were just so mad. I had one fan tell me he's going to get rid of his KD shoes. <laughs> he was so upset. <laughs> he's like, "Do you are you looking That's for?" Awesome. He's like, "Do you looking for a size nine? Uh, like you size nine? And there's like a new new pair coming out." And the other guy's like, "I'm going to the mall today That's to buy." Great. And I'm like, uh, "I wear size 11, but and like, I mean, like he seriously was like genuinely pissed, and and I felt that, but I also am torn emotionally because. I was I was bummed the Boston was getting a meeting in that DC, but also yeah, like he was just going to lead us on. He already made his decision not to come here, and so probably for the best for us to use our resources in the time and talk to agents to get to get Plan B in place. And Plan B was Al Horford, and I went on Saturday on a on a tubing trip, 
And as I'm on the tubing trip with Mr. Kyle Weedai, we're, we're going to Virginia and cell phone's about to go out. And right when cell phone's about to go out, we're about to turn our phones off and get on the tube. Kyle's like, dude, it's a, there's a, there's, there's a report. It's between us and Boston to get Al Horford. I was like, holy shit. I was like, really? So literally yeah, right. the, whole, the whole five hours, we have no cell phone, right? No nothing. And the whole time, you know, once in a while, you know, it's a beautiful day, having good times, having some adult beverages with some friends, big group tied up and, and then when it's over, I almost forgot about it. And I was like, Kyle, check your phone, dude. He, and then we're on the bus back, right. and he's like, ah, he picked Boston. And I was like, ah, oh, damn. Of like, course I had, he did. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I had all my hopes up. It's time of the show for a commercial break. Yes, I have a sponsor, Sneakis, S-N-E-K-I-S.com. Get your DC apparel. Hook your friends. Hook your girl up. Hook yourself up. Be the sharpest person at your gatherings this summer. Help support this Wizards Independent Media. You get 10% off at discount when you use the Pixel Enroll discount code. Please go to the site and help me out. All right, back to my interview with Scott Jackson. So then you look, okay, was it better for Durant to not, not tease us, let us go, or does it, that that actually hurts less than Horford coming between when David Alger reports that if, it, if he decided Friday night, he would have picked Washington. But he decided Saturday. Yeah. David Aldridge reports this. Well, I mean, you know, and then you hear the stuff about how, you know, it really boiled down to his wife um, was one of the things I heard. She was, you know, her, her family, she had a lot of family up there. There's a very strong Dominican uh, community in Massachusetts and Boston and, and her family's up there or whatever. So, you know, kind of the wife tipped the cap. And I know there was a Tudor Horford comment that everybody, of course, here last oh, on to it yeah. in a front to the Wizards. But he was really talking more about the Atlanta fan base versus the Boston yes. fan base. But anyway, but whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, guess what? Boston, yeah, they got a good fan base. But they've also, you know, they've also had some years where nobody showed up, too, when they weren't winning games, you know. But, yes. yeah, they've been great lately, and they got all the championships. So, I, I get it. It, it makes sense. Um you know, and, and again, you know, for him, he's, he's immediately the quote face of that team, which, um, you know, he wouldn't have been here. He would have been a piece, but I, nobody would have been selling tickets off of Al Horford being here. I mean, it would have been, you know, increased interest. I don't know. You know, and once you lose KD, there wasn't a guy for you to was going to change your, your fan base in terms of season ticket holders immediately. You know, you're going to have to still go out and show everybody. But I think you still would have been the biggest signing free agency since Gilbert, I believe, right? I mean, I mean, it, it, it's Al Horford, all star, right? But yeah, no, it definitely would have. No, it would have been. Yeah. So the other right? thing, no, so, he was the second guy on everybody's list. I mean, it would have been a really big deal. And look, fact, they were in. It's pretty impressive considering the season they had. When you think about it, and, and I don't think many people had Al Horford as their number two guy. Everybody was talking about Ryan Anderson or Batum. Yeah, I was uh, Batum you know, was on my list, and, and really Al Horford was never really mentioned that much in the Wizards until it was a reality. And Batum, yeah, and I never thought he was leaving, so I don't talk about him. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I never thought that Charlotte would let him leave, and then obviously they didn't. So yeah, you know, Kyle actually, <laughs> but yeah, has, that's Ky- true too. He was on no, there. no, Kyle was making that point the other day that you know about this plan where hey, you know this three-year plan, which we're going to get to at the end, but how you know hey, like part of the plan is to have a shot, like part of the plan is to get the meeting to go in there, like have the money, have mm-hmm. have the argument, and that yeah, it comes between. Between, you know, the Alford has, wife has more family in Boston. And it's a hair. And if it goes the other way, then the plan yeah. works. And then now, now the plan seems like it doesn't work because now we're in plan C, which no, plan D maybe is Jan Mahimi for $64 million. Yeah. 
a backup big center, and uh, then also uh, Nicholson, like you mentioned. I forgot that he went to St. Bonaventure. Yeah. I kept saying St. Joe's the other day, so I'm glad that you forgot yeah. his name. I'm glad you forgot his name. I forgot what college he went to. Yeah, I thought he was Drew Nicholas from Maryland. <laughs> yes, yes. He had that big shot for them. I, I don't remember him at the tournament. Uh, they also spent their money the other day on Jason Smith, a backup center. Yeah. Uh, Trey for Trey Burke for a future uh, second rounder in like yeah. five years. Uh, they actually signed Marcus Thornton today. Uh, brought him. Back. I love Marcus Thornton. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you saw that. And then also signed Sadoransky for a three-year, yeah. uh, nine million dollar deal. Which thing is like in those moves, I'm like, hey, that's a decent, decent offseason. Like you upgraded the team. I can make arguments on each one. You know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Jason Smith signing. We can get in a little bit, but but also in the context yeah. of three years, the plan. You know, letting Trevor Reza go, not offering enough yeah. to Paul Pierce. Saying that this is your off season, you're going to get a star. John Wall needs another star. Needs another star. Bradley Beal needs another star. And then you get a guy who can't play with your starting center to make sixteen million dollars, and basically in a league that you know that you have to go small. That Dion Mahimi, who I like a lot better than Ryan Anderson personally, because he can actually protect the rim. But like Zach Lowe, I, I believe tweeted, is like, are you playing him and Gortat twenty four minutes each? Because they can't play together. Right, it's going to be interesting. You know, I like Mahimi too. I was basically a good energy guy. He always played well against the Wizards. It seemed like in last year as a starter, he was obviously put up some pretty good numbers in the Indiana team. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's going to be weird. I mean, you're right. I mean, it, they don't seem to mesh together. I think Gortat's going to. It's kind of puts pressure on Gortat. You better, you better defend. You better be more active on that end of the floor late in games, or you know, they're going to go away from you if they, if they have a big man on the floor. I mean, neither one of them may be on the floor if they play small. So it, it is interesting there, and I'll. I'll say this about Drew Nicholson, even though I did know his name at first. Um, and talking to uh, LeBron Profit, who we had on the show this week, he uh, he coached him down there in Atlanta. He was a developmental coach the last several seasons of Magic. He loves the kids because he actually has a real post-up game, old school in that regard, and has really improved his range. So he's actually, uh, and he's not the only guy I've heard say this is guy that could really be on the rise, and the, and the Wizards might have got him you know, on the yeah, low. He's, and, 26, and he's 26, years, 26 years old for four years at $24 yeah. million. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a deal yeah. here in this market. Yeah, it could be really good. Yeah, that, so they, they really, you know, that that's interesting. If you thought, okay, maybe they overpaid for Mahimi, but again, it's a different, you know, different marketplace right now. But they might have gotten Nicholson for a bargain. And, uh, you know, the Sadarensky deal is lower than everybody had anticipated. I think a lot of people thought he was going to get five a year. I think originally he was uh, angling for that much. And we don't know, you know, how effective he'll be right away. I, I think Bray Burke will be in front of him immediately. They'll let the competition take care of itself. But I think he's going to have to show everybody that he's truly ready to play at the NBA level, you know, right away. Yeah, in the press release, these signings were official today. In some of the press releases, I don't know if you got the yeah. emails, but uh, it said that Trey Burke was going to be the backup point guard. Some people were confused yeah. about that. I talked to a Wizard front office guy the other day. He said that they're not going to really bring in a, another backup. So it looks like they're going to roll with Trey Burke and Sadoransky because their positions are pretty much yeah. point guard. I mean, they can play some off ball here and there, but they're not going to really bring in right. another uh, backup point guard. Do you think that's concerning or... You know, it's all about Beal and Wall's health, personally. But right, right. Well, I mean, look, they, they've um, you know, we saw time last year sessions, and uh, you know, obviously Wall played extended time together. Maybe you could do that with Trey if he's hitting it well. John, um, you know, John plays a lot of minutes. I mean, yes, this is this is why. I wouldn't have been mad if they'd have brought Sessions back because it takes a special guy to back up a guard where you're not going to put that many minutes. That's why I think it's always tougher on the younger players they've had in here, Shelvin Mack and some of the others. You know, that's hard. When you're a young guy just trying to get your feet in the league, you don't get a lot of minutes. It's difficult. 
Whereas I think an Andre Miller, it was easier for him. But then obviously we saw just like the gas run out of the tank there. And I thought Sessions was the right guy at the right time. You know, look, he, he could be out of control at times. And, you know, defensively he wasn't great. But, I, you know, he he was a, a competent point guard. He could at least keep the pace similar to Wall. He got, he got to the uh, rim. He got to the rim and got to the free throw line. I mean, he, he got to the, the rim. Yeah. He, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I mean, he would not finish as well at times. It pissed fans off. But he got to the free throw line. Like one of the highest rates in the NBA, actually. Points, like minutes per right. game. Right. I mean, he did have a bit of a Jared Jeffries issue with missing from like two feet yes. away, which oh, drives you crazy. But you're right. Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Scott. I, if I had a buzzer, a, a, like a little little bell, I'd ring for that Jared Jeffries reference. But keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jerry. He's a good dude. Yeah, he missed the rim all the time. He's driving crazy. Best looking player for like 93 feet. You're like, no. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it, 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 it's a tough spot. Yeah, I, I talked to somebody as well, and they're like, with Burks, the guy, Sadarensky, we got to, you know, we, we like him, but we got to see it. You know, at the NBA, you know, at the NBA game, but, you know, we assume that right now we figure Burke would be in front of him, and then, you know, it, it'll play out. I mean, I don't know, the Thornton's there. You know, I, I, you know, Thornton can handle the ball, too. I mean, he's going to look for a shot first, but I mean, so, you know, I don't think it's the end, end of the world if they, they don't have another guard in here. And I mean, I don't even know, if the, to be honest, at this point, the market who's left, you know, in terms of point guards that yeah, can really help you, you know. Now, what about the Jason Smith signing? The thing about Jason Smith signing is that, of course, I'm going to nitpick, you know, I'm a blogger, you're a radio host, this is what sure. we do, right? This is uh, what we do for our, our free or professional time. Is that the third year right. is guaranteed. So, basically, Jason Smith who can't really shoot the three. Uh, you know, serve was a big man back up, but in Orlando, which Nicholson, uh, the guy couldn't get minutes last year because Jason Smith was there. But can't really right. play the four, can only play the five. And now we have Gortop, Mahimi, and Jason Smith tied up for $34 million for the next three years guaranteed. And Well, and again, this will start that, to get That's where, that's where I don't really move. Yeah, right. Like It feels like in a league where – Everyone's going smaller or more versatile type of players that can kind of play three, four, four, five. To have seriously mm-hmm. three, like three guys tied in for thirty-four million dollars to play only one position. I don't know if that's the way to go. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't. Well, know. yeah, yeah. I don't know. And now, look, I'm not saying they're going to trade Gortat, but it does open up the possibility that if you know there was an opportunity, maybe you could. I don't know, but it, it, it's kind of strange. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Smith. You know, he, he was kind of a weird signing at the timing of it. And, you know, look, back in the day, he, he's tough. I mean, he'll, he'll stick his nose there. He'll try to block shots. He doesn't care if he gets put on a poster. You know what I mean? He's gonna, he's not gonna let you just go in and, and make it, and make an easy bucket. He's gonna contest everything. I'm yeah, and he that. has a good, and he can. 18 footer too. I think I remember. Yeah, <laughs> right, he can stroke it. Yeah. Yeah, he can stroke it. He can pick and pop. So, you know, it'll be interesting, you know, where they see him. Is he like more of a DeWan Blair in terms of like he's on ice every night and the street flows or is he really gonna be active? Is he more of your, you know, where is he on the roster each night? I mean, is he a guy who's, who's active for you and, you know, has the ability to get off the bench if needed? It's not a good night for uh, Gortat. I mean, Gortat did some really good things at times last year, and he could frustrate you too. And then I know he was frustrated with Randy and vice versa. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff going on. I think the other fascinating thing that we've seen here, I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought the Nene deal was pretty telling that he only went for $2.9 million in this marketplace. Wow. I think yeah. that kind of tells you where the league is, where the league is on him and his, uh, his commitment to being, you know, active and tough, you know, and fighting through injuries and also, you know, a guy who I've had people tell me he should be great. He's not. He doesn't want to be great. You know, as talented as he is and he brings a lot of things to the table. And, you know, I think the leadership stuff here at one point, I think, yeah, he was, he was an upgrade from JaVel McGee and Nick Young, but, 
was he really a great leader? I, I'm not sure about that. You know, I think he did some good things for them. And, but, I, you know, I think there was also a sense of frustration last year with, with that he seemed to be one of the guys that always had immunity from any type of criticism from the coaching staff, at least in front of everybody, which kind of drove him crazy, too. Yeah, no, no, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm biased towards an A, uh, almost to apologist level, but I also saw that firsthand where, you know, he would take some games off, like he got to take an injury. I remember one time I was asking him, like, hey, you know, what do you, about your role? What's going on? He's like, you know, whatever the coaches want to do. I could sense some, like, frustration of, like, going small and, like, that's yeah. what they want to do. And he didn't care. But when he's on the court, he played hard, right? So, well, so, yeah, well, yeah, look, so that's he, what I mean. Like, you did never, never, never not yeah. played hard and he played defense and I thought he was an anchor. And defensively, he was a, so, a lot better than Gortat. But, you know, he obviously had his injury issues and, and frustrations. And sometimes there were some shots, you know, where he still thought he was the man a little bit, right? He needed to defer a little bit more. Right. And that would frustrate fans, especially when his jumper, he lost his jumper last year, definitely. Yeah, he lost his lift. And look, he's always, you know, again, he, 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 people have always questioned his heart um, in terms of, like, putting in the time and wanting to take it to the next level because he could have. He's a very talented guy. But I, you know, the thing that drove me, you know, drive me crazy about him is, uh, you know, again, just the availability thing's frustrating. That's hard to deal with. And, you know, a guy who wasn't always, like, available and accountable in terms of, you know, was going to be the guy to step out and speak to the team and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, no. You know, like everybody like, like to do that. But you got to, if you're the leader, so, per se, and, you know, want to be the guy. You're making $15 million dollars a year, right? I mean, you're making... Right. <laughs> you got to do that. Yeah, you got to do that. And look, there's been a market correction now in him with the $3 million a year after making the 13 or whatever. But, yeah, it, you know, again, I just think it was telling that, you know, in a marketplace where, to me, his skill set would be so good in so many places, but people just said, no, thanks, not worth the headache. And I just know people that have worked with him and around him just like, no, nah, it's just, you know what, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> It's small differences, but you just can't, you know. I, yeah, I, yeah you got to cut ties. Yes, yes, he's like diva characteristics. Like he'll go up to me and he'll look at me and smile wide, say what's up at him, ask me how I'm doing, what's up, and then when I want to quote from after the game, he'll just like bust bust out on me. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like it's like he does right, like, right. There's like, nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like well, he'll be like, and it, yeah. look, he could could have been so great for him. I just never wanted it. And again, uh, you know, injuries certainly have been a big part of it for him. But whatever, you know, and I get a lot of personal stuff going on last year, and there's a lot of, a lot of things there. But yeah, again, they had a, you know, 20, 29 other teams that had a crack at them this offseason. Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised Noah gets 64 million. And yeah, it's shocking, really. And it just tells three. you what you need to know. Yes, Noah gets right. 64 million, and they only gets three. Like, I don't think yeah, there's that much difference in yeah. the player. So, yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, Nene. He took it personally when he like, like the Bulls matches were great. I mean, God, that's him at his oh, best, right? Yes. Uh, the Hornets matchup at the end of the year against Al Jefferson. Him and Al Jefferson was like two T Rexes going at each other. You know, it was like the end of the road for those kind of players. You know, bagging each other in the post. It was awesome on a Sunday. But then, you know, then there's other nights where you're like, God, is he even out there? You know, he's just floating, and you know, just you know, he just didn't didn't have it or didn't want to have it. It was it's, it was a shame. But now, you know, we see that again the marketplace thing kind of spoke for itself on him. Is there any other Wizards ex Wizards signings that that you found curious or interesting out there? You know, Garrett Temple. You oh mentioned, my God, you mentioned that's sessions. amazing. You mentioned du- Dudley yeah. is another guy. Is there any ones that? What about the, any of those signings that come to come to mind? Well, I like Dudley, but man, I mean, you know, for all the hoopla about him before the trade deadline, all these contenders wanted him. He ends up going to Phoenix, really. I mean, yeah. 
do you want to win? Do you want to win, bro? Or do you just want to hang out in you know a nice area? I don't know. I just I was kind of disappointed. I was kind of thinking bigger things for Jared for Jared Dudley. I don't know. I mean. Well, he, blo- he blocked. Like he blocked. He blocked me on Twitter for some reason, which I haven't found out why. So I have, oh, really? I, I have biases against him <laughs> the other way. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 he's a good radio guest for us. I really like yes. that. He's very thoughtful and got lots of going for him. Man, that was like I don't know. I was kind of. I was kind of underwhelming. The Garrett Temple money's ridiculous. Um, I mean, oh, I yes. love Garrett Temple as a guy, and you know, he did a lot of good things here. I think he took a lot of crap here, and people get mad at him and forget that he was really supposed to be. You know, third string guy who was just playing a lot because there was a million injuries and he was getting more minutes than he than he probably should have just because of the situation. Someone's got to play, back, right? You know? Someone's got to play. Yeah. That's why I tell people. Right. <laughs> Don't be mad at the player that everybody else was injured. He's actually available, you know, and he, he is who he is, you know. But I think he got better here. I thought he, you know, he revived his career. Obviously, made a lot of money and you know, suggestions. You know, that's good money and that kind of that kind of hurts a little bit just because it's. The, the Bobcats, or excuse me, the Hornets, not the Bobcats anymore, the Hornets, and you're like, oh, boy, you're going to see that a few times a year. And that team's kind of had the Wizards' number recently. Anyways, that kind of worried me a little bit uh, to see that. But, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, those things. And, you know, I'm still interested to see. I'm going to a meeting with his uh, agent this weekend, and I, I guess he's going to be in the uh, meeting. Is the whole thing with Alan Anderson. I, I thought when he played, he was great, but I always I've called him the unicorn because you know he used to see him. I mean, it's like you heard about him, you just never saw him. And you know, when he was on the floor, he was terrific, but it just obviously didn't happen enough. So if he could actually be healthy, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if he was on the you know the fifteen man well, roster. Well, they, well, they still have, they still have a, I believe it's like a two point nine vet minimum, or no, Thornton signed for the vet minimum, and then there's another mid level ish thing. For two point nine that they have available, which I think they're they're targeting Anderson. Right. But last year I spent the whole podcast, the whole show, all year just being like, dude, once we get Alan Anderson back, he'll play that role. You know, and then we saw it for a couple of weeks and then he went down again. And I'm like, <laughs> literally he played right. well. He came in and like shot the well shot the ball well, played well, and then he was gonna be the defender, maybe yeah, he'll play good. small. You know, maybe we'll have, you know, him and a porter and Beal and Wall out there with a the big, you know, and like, well, five guys. And then finally I was like, all right, dude, like, he had good three-point celebrations on the bench, but that's it. Like, I, I'm not really interested on yeah. a player for another year. Uh, you know, I can see it if, he, if he's available. Yeah, that'd be a decent signing. But, I mean, I think you can find some other guys out there more valuable uh, to the team without having to commit to a guy who basically you already gave $6 million to you last year without even playing, hardly. <laughs> <laughs> that's my hesitation. So, so well, yeah, that's why I figured he could come in on a discount because he owes the he owes the Wizards at this point, so he should be able to sign for the minimum and then help them, you know, keep that some of that space there. But I don't know what'll happen. But it's interesting to meet with him. Um, you know, really, it's just unless there's going to be some magical trade, you know, somebody that we don't expect to get moved. I mean, I think this is kind of who they are right now in terms of the roster. That concludes part one of my conversation with Scott Jackson, a local sports radio host here in the DMV. Come. Later, check out the site for part two. It should be up shortly. The next episode that I have up is an interview with Adam Rubin of Truth About It, who is out in Las Vegas covering the Wizards Summer League. That one will be up very soon, so check that out as well. Thank you, everyone, for your support, and as always, go Wizards! Waited in, then started swimming. 
Rolling so deep, I'm defying limits. Side eyes from the guys trying to cut they women. But I don't want your girl, brother. I'm too ambitious. I can share my towel with your girl right now. I got a barracuda that could fit in her Bermuda. Probably leave it strung out on my young Frank Lucas. When something smells fishy in the water's full of coopers. They saying, young girl, don't you forgive me. But they never took the time to find a nigga. History is he that bad? No, not really. I just know my worth and the show ain't worth a penny. Yeah, but some be too fun. They make me think twice, like really think twice, like they could be mine. But I'm kidding. There's way too many fish, and I'm trying to go swimming. Like never bring sand to the beach, but you never even seen that shore. There's plenty more fish in the sea, so why would I swim with yours? I tell her what it is. She was stuck it 'cause it's me, and I'm swimming. Never been a play. Uh, fisherman Pell. So sometimes I just fillet 'em. Keep 'em guessing where I'm staying, unless they know the kid from day one. Taking slim bait, leaving whales inside the ocean. I'm lying. Jameson and my girls got me drunk in love, but it only lasts a minute or until I bust. I was 16 when my uncle took me fishing, but little did I know I looked the prettiest of women. Now I'm in my twenties and my lines the cause of interest. Now I'm tossing shells at my fucking competition, uh, saving sand dollars just to throw 'em at the women. Definition of a Feel good living in the waves all night. I could stay all night just for one more time. But until I find her, I'ma keep on swimming like never bring sand to the beach when you've never even seen that shore. There's plenty more fish in the sea, so why would I swim with yours? I tell her what it is, she was stuck it 'cause it's me, and I'ma swim in it, talking ten feet deep. Ain't nobody got enough. Respect it 'cause it's me, and I'ma swim in it, talking ten feet.